With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Doug Gottlieb Show comes to you live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection of fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got... Um, uh, we, we got a good show for you. Really, really good show. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts on Devonte Adams and his struggles in Vegas. My boy, Brandon Whedon will join us this hour. We'll talk some, uh, college football 
as Oklahoma State takes on Baylor this weekend, a game that he's, of course, played in and won. And we'll talk some NFL football. Cooper Rush doing what uh, he was able to do, only winning in Dallas as the backup quarterback getting a chance to start. Of course, Brandon Whedon was the backup and got a chance to start when Tony Romo got hurt. Which time Tony Romo got hurt? I don't know. But um, uh, he'll join us upcoming in, what, 25 minutes? Uh, finally, finally, somebody that I think matters spoke out about uh, Aaron Judge becoming the true all-time home run king. We'll get that, that thought for you. And then Dante Hittner Whitner. He'll tell us what his thoughts are on the Bills, one of the teams he played for, and the Niners, the team he covers for the NBC Sports Bay Area. What, what was wrong with that offense going back to Sunday night and just a dreadful, dreadful football game? Uh, Dan Beyer, of course, alongside. So, too, is John Ramos and our producer extraordinaire, Jason Stewart is here. Guys, tonight's game is super unique, right? Because this is a huge football game with one team that is 10-1 over the last 11. The other one was the AFC champion last year. Two Heisman Trophy winners, two national champion quarterbacks. You know, franchises that over the past two years, like, look, the Dolphins, they didn't fire their coach because... They were a bad team. They fired a coach because he didn't buy in the quarterback and couldn't get along with anybody in the front office. Right? They're good. And they were really good. They were good two years ago. Last year, they finished really strong. The Bengals, who thought they were going to fire their coach in the last year, end up you know, turning it into a Super Bowl berth, a game that they had a chance to win. And yet, it does feel like the uniforms of the Bengals are a bigger story than the actual play on the field. The storm in Florida is bigger than the team that's coming from South Florida, right? It's like last year, everyone loves Joe Burrow, and I mean, Jamar uh, Chase is amazing. Their their wide receiving core is outstanding, but it it felt to many people, not me, felt to many people kind of fluky. Like, yeah, you know, they got there, but there's a lot of things that go bump in the night. The Bills should have beaten the Chiefs and the Bills would have beaten the, but they didn't. And the Bengals beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, go to a Super Bowl, and they they gave Los Angeles everything they wanted. But isn't that weird? Like how brands become so diminished over time that even when they're good, it takes a while for people to buy in. And I don't know how good the Dolphins are. They are 3-0. Right, kind of survive Buffalo. I think playing at home absolutely helped them with the heat. Uh, but and they they did beat Baltimore in Baltimore, but felt fluky because Baltimore dominated the game. But they are three and zero, and of the three teams they played, two of them at least are expected to be playoff teams, and the other ones the Patriots. Who Patriots haven't been bad. They just keep turning the football over, and wouldn't stun me if they turn this thing around and get into the playoffs. Weird Thursday night game that feels super important, right? Because look, if Miami were to get to four zero, if they're to get to four zero, it's not a lock that they get to the playoffs. But man, it sure feels really. They got to feel real. They'd be two and zero on the road. Whereas the Bengals, they're sitting there, and the division isn't great, right? The Ravens dumped that one to the Dolphins that they felt like they should have, and rightfully should have won. Uh, the Bengals narrow losses to the Steelers in division, who who aren't great, 
and they've gotten worse, obviously, since losing uh, T.J. Watt. And the Dallas Cowboys, who they lost to, again, another close game. Now they get the Dolphins. Then they go back on the road. I mean, look at the schedule for the defending AFC champs. Ravens next in the road. They get an extra couple days repair, but who cares? That that looks like that Sunday night game looks like a bear. And then they take on the Saints on the road, who haven't been great, but everyone knows Saints have a ton of talent and are much better in the dome. Like this is a a slog for the Bengals. This is a important. You can't go to one and three and knowing what the back end of their schedule. You got Tennessee on the road, Pittsburgh on the road. Tampa on the road, New England on the road, Bills at home, Ravens at home. Like, yikes. Back into their schedule's tough. You can't go to one and three. And for Miami, if you can get to four and oh, whoo, everybody's playing catch up. This one feels like a super, super important game that not enough people are paying attention to. Super important game that not enough people are paying attention to. We talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards. Or we can talk about how with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash, any amount, any time. Talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. I, I feel like this is the game that Dan Byer is most fired up about because of the helmets. And I honestly, I can't blame him. The all did white you, helmets for the Bengals. Did you see the field? Are, I didn't. <laughs> so I quote retweeted a video, and it was an obvious joke, a really dumb joke I put on on the tweet, at Dan Byer on Fox if you'd like to check it out. Ah. However, the end zones and the midfield logo also will be white and black. So not only are the helmets and the uniforms, right. but they have uh, they have made the field also have the white tiger look in Cincinnati tonight. Ah. Yes. Uh, the old curtains match the drapes sort of thing. <laughs> Sure, yeah. If you want to, yeah, yeah. If you want to use that one, it would have been it would have been odd if they would have kept the orange because of what they're doing. So I'm glad they went the extra effort. There are some teams that half bleep it sometimes. Yes, but also also an interesting twist. You know, we saw the Giants on Monday Night Football, and they wore they their the they, well. That's the thing is they were, but they weren't. They were their color rush whites with the Giants on the royal blue sparkly helmet this weekend they're they face the bears and they're wearing the true th- throwbacks where it's the navy helmet with the giants on it and then they'll wear their blue royal blue uniforms the lawrence taylor phil sims uh uniforms that you all remember from the super bowl wins uh, i saw i saw that i, I did yeah. see that on social media that they're yeah they were making the, they're in the making of the the, the truth that sticker here. that they put on the helmet in unveiling it was was really really cool and now you got the commanders wear their black helmets their alternate uniforms against the cowboys this weekend uh pat patriot returns next week for new england i don't know if he mm-hmm. can play quarterback but those uniforms will be back so now you're starting to see the alternates and the saints are, i believe are wearing their black helmets against the vikings in london so you'll get a first look at the uh, alternate helmet that New Orleans will wear as well. But by, by, by the way, um, wouldn't Pat the Patriot be listed as day to day? He's day to day. Yes. Jay, Jay Stu, this is a weird game, right? Like you have you have two really well known quarterbacks, and, and and when I say like like why does it matter? They're Heisman Trophy quarterbacks. They're Heisman Trophy national championship quarterbacks, right? So it's not like no one knows them. And one went and played in the Super Bowl, and both won a national championship. You know, one was the number one overall pick. The other one, I think, two was four. Right. So you have two huge names, guys. That, there's a lot of but it, it feels like there's not a gigantic amount of buzz because the franchise has been down for so long, even though the Bengals were good last year. Yeah. So it's uh, the Bengals are still trying to prove themselves Tua 
is still trying to prove himself. So you have a couple teams uh, thirsty for adoration and credit uh, and to belong, even though the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year. It is kind of crazy. And I think you're speaking from I think you're speaking from your point of view. It doesn't sound like you're very interested in the Bengals. Um, no, no, I, I'm super interested in the Bengals. I'm I'm trying to more gauge the the national interest of it, right? Like, well, I don't think this game. If you looked at the schedule, like you go to, to what last week was Pittsburgh against two in the, in the Browns, yeah. right? Like, I don't think Pittsburgh's very good this year. I think Cleveland's will potentially be good when Deshaun gets back. But, you know, without Deshaun like that. But that game, because of the names, because the Browns are so talked about, and they've been a little bit better. But that one, that game felt a little bit more hype-driven than this one. And this one is a team that went to the Super Bowl last year and the other team that's undefeated. And both, you know, like, um, a buyer, am I, am I making sense or am I way off on this? The thing that I think is important about tonight, and we're really going to feel the aftermath tomorrow, is we talk about Tua all the time. We do like it's it's such a conversation, and I think it's more about the the Dolphins tonight. Is we talk about Tua, we see what he does against the Ravens, we see what he did against the Bills, and those weren't standalone broadcasts; those were regional broadcasts. And a lot yeah. of people probably just saw the fourth quarter against the Ravens, or just saw clips of the Bills game since Buffalo had the ball for forty minutes during that game. What's really going to be interesting, I think, is the aftermath tomorrow. And it may not be necessarily fair, at least for the Dolphins defense, who was on the field for 40 minutes in that humidity on Sunday night, sure. now to come back and, and try to face Cincinnati on a short week on the road. That is a very, very tough task. But the conversation's going to go back to Tua again. And so if the Dolphins only hold the ball for 20 minutes tonight, there's going to be this sweeping thought that, you know what, Tua and the offense couldn't get it done because he likely would have only thrown for 200 yards because they barely had the football. And and if they try to force it to Tyreek Hill because of this Eli Apple junk, now you're like, there's another red flag to pop up. So this standalone game of just this being there, I think is very, very important for what we do as uh, you know in this business and this format, because I think that's going to be the conversation you're only going to be talking about the next 24 hours. Can I steal your, your take and make a new take out of it? It's really, really yeah. good. Okay, yeah. it's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's pretend like this is the first time you've heard it. It's genius, which is, which is, you know, we, we think with the proliferation of sports on television, and I, and I do actually believe this, Dan, just you're making a, a, a much smarter point than I made to start, which is we, we do think that all these games are on national TV, but they're really not, right? If you play at 10 a.m. West Coast time or 1 p.m. East Coast time on Sunday, you're going to get gobbled up, right? And when you play... On in the afternoon, you know, there's the game Sunday game of the week on on Fox, and then there's Sunday night football. But what you do on Sunday night, what you do on Monday night, what you do on Thursday night, those standalone games, it's a lot like in college football. Again, every game's on TV, but it's different when you're the prime game. Mm -hmm. It's different when you're the, the 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 absolute big game where everybody is watching, because we don't have time to truly watch every other game. We don't, and the NFL is broadcast so smartly. I mean, like, everybody watches on Red Zone anyway. Like, come on, man. You know, you watch your favorite team, you flip over to Red Zone. You watch your favorite team, you flip over to Red Zone. And, and so we make determination out of what we see in Red Zone 
and what we see on the highlights and what we hear the sports talkers talking about or guys like, you know, Orlovsky, like breaking down plays like, oh, he's he's awesome. And for the most part, they only point out things that are good. Those guys don't point out things that are bad. That's that's the truth to it. So the standard becomes a lot more because everybody's watching. Everybody in football is watching this game. What else are you doing tonight? Right? There's really literally nothing, nothing else going on tonight. I mean, could you go Aaron Judge home run chase? I guess. But you can flip over for that, although it's harder to flip over when you're watching on Amazon. Yeah, and the um, Yankees don't play. And right? the Yankees yeah. don't play. That makes it really impossible to flip over and watch Aaron Judge. Um, but, but the point is, and your point is a smart one, which is not all TV games are created equal. There's a lack of buzz coming in about both teams. Hugely important game. And we're probably going to solidify whatever our thoughts are on Tua and on the Bengals based upon their play tonight, fair or unfair. I mean, here's the perfect example of it, okay? I saw RG3 came out and he said, you know, the toughest places to play were Texas, Texas Tech, and he said UConn, right? Because UConn was good back when he played. That's when they had been to a BCS bowl game. And then their coach left them before he didn't even give a post-game speech. Anyway, um, it, and it's funny, he doesn't he remember Oklahoma State. They got mollywomped. I mean, they, they, they got, it was like, I want to say like 48 to three or something crazy. They got blown out that year. But one of the reasons RG3 won the Heisman Trophy, I mean, he's a great college player, was his first game of the year, standalone game. I think it was a Friday night game and they took on TCU. And then his last game of the year was a Friday night game. They beat Oklahoma. Those two games, he was amazing at. Amazing. And those are the games we watched. Uh, Similarly, Reggie Bush and Vince Young. People remember like, Reggie Bush won the Heisman. One, he was the best player, but also Vin, in their last game, Vince Young played against AM. He didn't play well. Before the, before the Rose Bowl game, he didn't play well at all against Texas AM. They won the game, but they just kind of survived. And then the very next game was Reggie Bush, and I think it was against UCLA, and he was a freak show. It was like four touchdowns, doing everything. He was amazing. And and if you watch and when you watch them up against each other, you're like, oh, okay, well, one guy's the Heisman Trophy, one of the other guys is just a great college quarterback, right? So I do, I, I agree with you. And it's going to be interesting to see how much we rush to judgment, how much people care building up. I think it's a fascinating game, but as, as much as how they play is important, who wins is even more important because one in three for the Bengals, not a death sentence, but yee, it, it's, it's a hard hole to dig out of, really hard hole to dig out of, especially losing at home. And then for the Dolphins, if you win your second road game of the year, Against a respected team, respected quarterback, right? Like, because yeah. because you, you can go back and we can always, we, you know, we always do that. We always go back, and go well. Really, look at the quarterback he was going against. Like, you went against Lamar Jackson, you won. If you go against Joe Burrow and beat Joe Burrow, like, it's it's really hard to yeah. argue with. The selection committee would put him as a number one seed with that strength of schedule. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's talk some football with a guy who knows way more about it than we do, right? I mean, Dante Whitner's three-time Pro Bowl defensive back with the Bills, with the Niners. He's an analyst for NBC Sports Bay Area. He always gives us some nuggets. So you're like, wow, I, I, I didn't know that. Dante, thanks so much for taking some time. Um, let's start with the Niners. Team you cover, you watch every game, you've been to practices, you know this thing like the back of your hand. Uh, this is Brent Jones, of course, former tight end of the Niners. On the San Francisco radio station's 
this is what he said about Jimmy G so far. I want to see Jimmy grabbing a couple receivers and talking to him. I want to see him going over and patting his lineman on the shoulder and say, hey, guys, I need some time. Um, I want him talking to a coach. I just want, I want to see some emotion. I want to see some quarterbacking. But they always just show him sitting there, you know, looking stoic, posing. I want my quarterback all in. And I'm not saying he's not, but it sure comes across like, ah, you know, oh, well, too bad. You know, I was, you know, I had to take a pay cut this year. Do you see that, Dante? No, I don't see that. Um, What I see is a guy that lacks spring training. He wasn't with the team during OTAs. He wasn't with the team during training camp. And when you go into a game and you're not coming off the bench as a backup, the team doesn't really have a chance to scout you or game plan you, play, make you play to your weaknesses. And the Denver Broncos did that. I think that the lack of preseason reps, snaps, training camp preparation, really caught up with Jimmy Garoppolo in the 49ers offense last week. And I say that because I played for two defensive coaches that really implemented that defensive system in Denver. And that was Vic Fangio and Ed Donatello. And even though they're not there anymore, they're still doing a lot of things that they were taught. For example, the secondary did a really good job of disguising. A lot of times they fooled me. They held the disguise so long, Jimmy didn't have opportunity to go through his one, two, three, four reads. And it takes time and it takes repetition to be able to see those things, trust your receivers, trust yourself, get the ball out. And as far as him not getting in people's face, Jimmy hasn't been that type of leader the entire time. Even when he was, took the team to the Super Bowl, two NFC championships, he never got into guys' face. He's just a, a happy-go-lucky type of guy. And I know for, for, for a fact that this week you're going to have a better performance from Jimmy Garoppolo. He was, he was caught on film, and most lip readers say, like, your plays suck, right? And now, we, in, in fairness— I, you know, I haven't heard anybody say this, but it could be your play. You can be some guys mutter to themselves. I don't know. Most people believe it's he's talking about Shanahan and the plays that he called. What, what did what did you see when you see Jimmy seething and you got everybody lip reading police saying what he said? Well, I'm not a professional lip reader. And unless you were having that conversation with Jimmy Garoppolo, you really don't know what he said. Um But when I look at the play calling from the 49ers, it's suffering right now because they don't have efficient running. The offensive line is suffering. I think four out of the five guys, excluding Trent Williams, gave up TFLs. They all gave up a sack. They all had illegal procedures, holding. Until you get the offensive line taken care of, and and, and we all know that Kyle Shanahan's offense is predicated on running the football with maximum efficiency, sometimes 40, 45 times a game. And when you can run the ball that way, he gets a lot of easy throws with the RPO game, the play action, inside routes that really um, they fit Jimmy's skill set well. So I don't know. Maybe he did say it. Maybe he didn't. I do think they need to do something when it comes to the receivers and the way that teams are playing them. Teams are playing them outside leverage, one free guy in the middle, a lot of man coverage, and they're running routes into the help. I think that you need to go to some double moves. Double moves doesn't always mean vertical, vertically down the field. Double moves when it comes to lateral movement. Show inside routes, go outside. Attack the leverage. If they can do those things, they'll be able to get Debo Samuel back on schedule. They'll be able to get the passing game going and the running game. Dante Whitner joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Um, 
What do you think of Denver? Why is their offense struggling so much? Uh, because it's newly implemented. Because they're trying to figure out how to combine what Hackett wants to do along with what Russell Wilson is comfortable doing from Seattle. A few injuries here and there, turnovers in the red zone. But if you look at their yards per game, the passing yards, the running yards, the average per carry, they're up there in the top in the league. It's just the turnovers and being able to execute in the red zone, which is the part of the offense that naturally comes latest because you need so much trust, so much timing, and everything is sped up down in the red zone. So if they can get those red zone woes together, I think the Denver Broncos are going to have a good football team. It's Doug Gottlieb's show here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, uh, the other team you're uh, synonymous with is the Bills. Um, mm-hmm. They Time of possession, number of plays, dominate the Dolphins but can't win, they, they, they don't win. A lot of people have said they're putting too much on Josh Allen. Just too many. He has to run it. He has to throw it. He has to make every decision. He's kind of ball dominant. As a guy who's been on the other side and understands what that's like to attack defensively, what do you think of how much and how often they're using uh, Josh Allen? I don't think they're using him too much. When you have a talent like Josh Allen who can throw it from anywhere on the field, can run it from anywhere on the field and can make plays that 99% of quarterbacks can't make, you have to you have to milk him for all he has and all he's worth. And I don't think that it came down to Josh Allen in the offense. I think they have so many injuries in Buffalo right now, Micah Hyde being out, a few defensive linemen. They have some young cornerbacks who they were looking for um, a lot of production from. I think that that's really why the Bills didn't take care of business against the Miami Dolphins. No, not against the Miami Dolphins. Right now, I think they're playing phenomenal. I think they're a top three team. Mike, Mike Daniels, I was with him uh, in Cleveland. I understand the type of brilliant offensive mind that he is. But the Buffalo Bills are still the favorite in the AFC East to me. And once they get healthy, once they get their defense back to where it's supposed to be, I think that they are the, 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 the favorites along with the, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs that come out of the AFC. Why, why have the Raiders struggled to get Devontae the ball the last two weeks? Uh, I think, again, newly implemented players, newly implemented not offense for the, the, the rest of the, the Raiders, but for Devontae Adams. And then you don't have Aaron Rodgers. Man, he was getting 18, 16, 17. Um, uh, 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 they were looking for him 16, 17, 18 times um, when he was in Green Bay. Now you're not going to get that many opportunities. You don't. You basically you, you just get into this offense. They try to move him around, but there's teams that can just key in on you. If you don't have that special relationship with your quarterback, like him and Brett, I mean not Brett Favre, but Aaron Rodgers had in Green Bay, it's going to be difficult. And when you can't run the ball with maximum efficiency, gash him on the ground, make that extra guy have to be allocated to the box, they're going to keep that safety over the top of you. So until they can figure out those things, I don't know if they're going to have much success in Las Vegas. We're going to see. Uh, we're going to see Tua tonight. They obviously have uh, between Waddle and Tyreek Hill. They got some ridiculous speed and talent at, at wide receiver. They're three and zero, and at least two of the wins feel like they're over playoff teams, right? Bills obviously a playoff team. Ravens. We'll see on the Patriots. But there's still a lot of people going like he's he's okay. What do you think? I think Tua is proving everybody wrong right now. When you go out and get a, a, a player of his caliber, the weapons that he needs on the outside, the speed to not only be able to throw the short pass and one of the guys take it long for a touchdown, you can go over the top, have a running game, and then you have a defense that continually get, continuously gets you the ball back. 
I think the sky's the limit for Tua. And a lot of times we judge these young quarterbacks too soon in their career. For example, a lot of people talking about Trey Lance. Well, Trey Lance has really only played three years of organized football, and he hasn't played in the NFL, so you can't really expect him to go out there and make high-level plays. You can wish and hope for it, but it's not going to happen. I think with Tua, with all the adversity that he's been through, uh, with Mike Daniels being there, who you know is from the Kyle Shanahan tree, the motion shifts, the ability to dictate what the defense plays, and then you know who to manipulate on that defense. I think the sky's the limit for Tua. Dante, great stuff as always, man. This this is it's gonna be fun to watch the game with all your nuggets in the back of our brains, kind of rattling around. Dante Whitner, three time Pro Bowler. Um, of course, you can see him with NBC Sports Bay Area. Appreciate you being our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Thanks, Doug. Look forward to talking again. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show is broadcasting from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. A uh, lot went into last night's 61st home run by Aaron Judge. All right. Here's the Yankees radio network with the call. There goes the deep left, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Number 61, he ties Roger Maris for the American League single season record with 61 home runs. It's a two-run judgey blast. Here comes the judge. All rise. There you go. Um, there's a lot, a lot that goes into it. Okay, so first thing is, is the guy in the outfield who dropped a ball that could have been could have been worth a million dollars, right? Could have been worth two million dollars. Who knows? They, you hold out for it, right? I, by the way, loved Albert Pujols. Like the souvenirs for the fans. I'm good. I mean, I'm uh, ah, whatever. I, I I don't I don't understand. I look. I've never caught a home run ball. I never caught a foul ball at a baseball game. Never caught a home run ball. I've had balls, uh, baseballs thrown to me. Randy Myers of the Mets. At Dodger Stadium, threw me a ball. Sammy Sosa um, threw, threw me a baseball. This is back in 2000. Like, these things happened. But I never caught a ball. So I, I can't tell you exactly what I would do, but I, I do think, like, this whole... If guy hits a historic home run ball, I, I do think if you catch it, you're entitled to it. But I also don't think it's like a leverage, you know, some massive payout. Guy wants to give you some tickets and a bat, Great. Great. It's really his ball, his accomplishment. I don't know how, how you guys feel. But that guy blew the catch. That's a huge discussion. Now, first thing, Ramos, you go to how many Dodger games can you, you go to a year? Do you ever get? You how get many can I go to? How many do I go to? I go to all of them if you give me tickets. <laughs> and, and he's left-handed. Right. But, <laughs> but um, uh, probably uh, I would many, go. To, yeah. How many games have you gone to this year? Mm, 10? 10, it's okay. We're not going to let go. Like, <laughs> no, John, you went to 13 and you lied. You're well, wrong. <laughs> I just didn't understand the question. I thought you said how many can, would you want to go to, but it was how many did you go to? 
It was a question. Do you guys want to bring it back and we can ask it again? No. I, I thought I asked how many ba- how many games you gone to this year, but I, I could be wrong. Okay. This then and the the questions don't get harder as we go. It's not like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you've gone to let's just say ten games, and you go yes. a, a lot mostly with your kids, right? Especially your son's a big baseball player, your daughter's a softball player. Yes. Do you bring a mitt? Uh, do I? Uh, yes. I don't bring a mitt anymore. Lucas brings a mitt to the game. Wait, did he just give two different... He just did the Aaron Rodgers to us. Do you bring a mitt? Yes. I don't bring a mitt to the game. Lucas brings a mitt to the game. Do you bring... A, you Have you brought... In the 10 games you've gone to... No. Have you brought your own baseball mitt to any of the games? That, no, I have not. Okay. Okay. Buyer, have you been any... I haven't been in any games this year, so this is not me like... Me Yeah. Me neither. When you go, do you bring a mitt? No. Okay. When you take your son, when your son becomes baseball game viewing age, will you bring a mitt? Um, well, to John's point of his son's mitt, like I would want maybe a player to autograph my son's glove, but not to try to catch any foul ball or anything. Why? What? Why is this a machismo thing? Like one, when you have a little kid sitting next to you, you want a mitt so you can, you know, knock it down. Sure. Yeah. I just, I mean, the glove that I have is so not broken in any way. It's, it's, it, it needs the, uh, you know. Uh, needs the oil. Yeah, the oil, needs put the, it under oil the, mattress. the old softball wrap. You gonna put it under the mattress? Yeah. That we gonna do? Yes, yes. But I, it's Solid. too much to carry. Heck, if I got to deal with a five year old kid running around, I'm not gonna worry about what my Rawlings is doing. You know, I'm gonna have to deal with what he's got going on. Jay Stu, you go to a lot of Dodger games. I know because when I asked Dave Weiss for tickets, he always says, tell Jason Stewart to stop asking me for Dodger tickets. True. Um, I'm trying to go to Jack Johnson at the Hollywood Bowl this weekend. <laughs> And all he, and every every time I text him, hey man, do you have any? And he's like, tell Jason Stewart I don't have any Dodger tickets. Anyway, you go to ah. how, how I, I, I just in a in a best guess how many Dodger games you go to? Uh, fifteen. Okay. You, do you ever bring a, a mitt? Never bring a mitt. And and I have I have some context here. Okay. Um, once I started playing like pretty uh competitive ball, uh, in high school. It became a thing, like on our team or any kind of like travel team I played on. Like, if you bring a glove to a baseball game, then you're a wuss because you play high level baseball. So you should be able to catch without a glove. So I think that stigma has lasted throughout my adult years. So I, I, if I see you bring a glove to the game, I think it's cool, but I think a little less of you. It's it's not the, it's not like a deal breaker. I, you could probably be a great guy, but I think a little less of you. Wow. Um, I personally think there's something cool about a father and a son bringing their mitts to a baseball game. Now, there's there's some there's some prerequisites, I guess. There, there's some things that have to happen, or like you have to sit in an area where you might get a baseball. Yes, right. Like that's rule number third, one. Right. If you're like third deck up in the corner, so high the concession man, like what the hell do you need your mitt for? Right. If you're down the line. You know, or if you're in the outfield where you might catch a ball, like bring them in. There's the, I, I don't understand the, oh, I got to catch you with my hands. Like if you're in one of those areas where it comes out like a rocket launcher, I know they've extended the, the netting, but you know that everybody knows that area where a lefty will spray it to, to left field, right? To that down the, down the third baseline, right? There's that one area where once a game, there'll just be a rocket off the bat. And then a righty over on the on the first base uh, line side, there's that that one spot. Like, I don't think it's there's anything sissified about bringing a bringing a mitt, 
But if you do bring a mitt and you sit in the outfield and that ball hits the mitt like it did last night, you got to catch the ball. That's one of those like, you know, I don't want to do this, but we're going to have to escort you out of the stadium. You brought a mitt to a baseball game. You had a chance to hit a historic home run ball. The ball hits your mitt and then you drop. You're like, dang it. Like, no, dang it. Sorry, bud. You have to leave this section. Sorry, that's the yes, John Ramos. I I do want to chime in when well, John's done. Okay. I, we were just looking at the video. I I never thought he caught the ball. I always thought when I saw it happen, I thought he just was below him. He stuck his glove down and the ball hit below his glove. He kind of laid it. I mean, but listen, you, like you can't Roger Dorn that sucker. You got to go lay out. <laughs> even if you go if into fall, even if, Doug, he's gonna fall over the okay. Worth point. it. Totally oh. worth it. <laughs> How much better is the story? Oh man, Doug. How much better is the story? <laughs> Honey, that's the guy. That's the guy. What guy? That's the guy that dove for the home run ball, caught it, hung on to it, fell twenty feet to his death, but he still had the ball. Like, let's take what's important, right? And he had part of his beer in his other hand. That's amazing. He's an, that's a Canadian hero right there. Right? They're going to name one of the new provinces after him, I think. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. It's just, just like I feel bad for the person who's behind the guy in line who wins Powerball. Yes. Because you are so close. You're yes. at the right spot at the yes. right time. And it just doesn't happen. Like, I, I was hoping I would see a story, and maybe I missed it. But where the Yankees or Blue Jays at least gave him something. Like, hey, here's a neat story. It came so close. Here's an autographed baseball from Aaron Judge. But to to, to be that close in this to know what could have been, I mean, yeah, I, I really felt bad for the guy. Yeah, the more we look at it, the more I think he dorned it. I think he he stabbed at it and missed it. And that, that's just not being coordinated enough, right? It's a catchable ball that he probably didn't touch, but it's not because it wasn't catchable, because he stabbed at it incorrectly. But it was know. a rope. It, it was, was a rope. Yeah, you know what it remind me of? Byer, you can, Byer, I, J- Jason and I talked about this earlier today. It reminded you at all of McGuire's yes. 62nd home run? Yeah. Right? And for people who don't remember, like, okay, so I, I'm not, th- this isn't a show that we do a ton of baseball. Okay, but I love baseball. And the, I was in college. I don't know how many of you guys were in college at the time, but literally everybody was watching the home run chase. And I don't know about you guys, but we all knew they were juicing. We're like, dude, athletes especially know, like, come on. But we still watched and it was still awesome. And I remember sitting on my, ha- on my couch at our house, which was, we called it the palace, right? And McGuire hit one that was just like that. It was like a rope. It was like a... Uh, a top of the home, uh, top of the the fence stinger, but it was maybe at most got 15 feet off the ground, and that's what Aaron Judge's 61st was like. That sucker, it never got more than 20 feet off the ground. It was an absolute rope. It it looked like it was the the normal height of a ball that goes over the first third baseman's head, and then it just kept going because of sheer power. Um, yes, yes, it was a, it was a rope, but but wouldn't the next home run be the one you want to catch? I, mean, I think I you don't be. really have a choice. You catch whatever ball you. Well, no, but I mean, if that if the we're sixty ca- second. Well, if we, are we are this we saying this because it's about money? <laughs> what are we talking about? Are we saying yeah. just because you have the ball hit sixty? Great I, question. This, it's a great question. Which is more valuable? Go ahead, Dan. This is the guy who doesn't want to win the forty million dollar Powerball. He wants to win the six hundred million dollar <laughs> Powerball. Like, I'm not going to buy. Well, who wants eighty million? I'm only going to do this. <laughs> 
when it's five hundred million dollars. Because listen, I could burn. That's that's what that is right there. Yeah, <laughs> sheer arrogance from Ramos. But I mean, when, yes. you, when you collect home run balls. Well, you may bend yes. your glove or you may not bend your glove. I'm not, I still don't have actually clarity on that one. You might go to 10 games. Too. He's left-handed. Well, left-handed left as well. My ROI on my two bucks on the 40 million Powerball, just not really worth it to me. The uh, I, I, I'm going to need about $800 million. Uh, by the way, this is Roger Maris Jr. I didn't know, honestly, there was a Roger Maris Jr. until this year when Roger Maris Jr. has been spotting up there. Here's Roger Maris Jr. Um, about the, the true home run champ. I think it means a lot, and it's not just for me. I think it means a lot for a lot of people, you know, that uh, he's clean, he's a Yankee, he plays the game the right way, and, uh, you know, I think it gives people a chance to look at somebody who, uh, you know, should be revered for hitting 62 home runs and not just as a, a guy who did it in the American League. He should be revered for, you know, being the actual single-season home run champ. I mean, that's really who he is if he hits 62, and uh, and I think that's what needs to happen. I think baseball needs to look at the records, and I think baseball should do something. Uh, here's Roger Maris Jr. on why it's important to recognize him as the clean champ. You mentioned how Aaron Judge is a clean player. How important is it to you that a clean player without any steroid connections gets to 62? Well, it means a lot to me, and you know, I even put a tweet out like two years ago that said if Aaron Judge actually were to hit. 62 home runs, how would he be celebrated? I said, the million-dollar question is, will he be celebrated as a single-season home run champ, and will he get all the fanfare that he deserves? So here we are. He's heading to 62. He's going to be in New York, and he should be revered and celebrated just like the single-season home run champ, not just like he's the American League home run champ. He should be celebrated. In, uh... So, I mean, again, this is my feelings are the same as Roger Maris Jr., and I don't know how you like how you guys feel. I mean, I think, uh, Jason, you've you put it on baseball. Hey, this is a baseball thing. I think it's on all of us. I mean, I, I really do. And and <coughs> there, there's a lot of arguments which are bad arguments. OK, I, I'm going to give you the first bad argument. First bad argument is guys have always been taking drugs in baseball like greenies. Right. To keep the you know, uppers, whatever. To, that's fine. OK. But there is there is no data that tells you there has been performance enhanced for all time or single season home run records based upon the use of greenies. Right. There's a there's a direct correlation. Look at every guy, literally every guy who has passed Roger Maris in single season. Every single one before uh, Aaron Judge has been linked to steroids. Okay, so. Please don't do the they've had greenies in baseball for a long time. That's a, just a dumb argument. And oh, yeah, by the way, the second they started testing for steroids in baseball, there hasn't been anybody to get past 61 since they started. So before they when they weren't testing in the steroid era, there's this group of guys before there was none after there's been none except for Aaron Judge. I mean, it doesn't take a dummy. You don't have to be. It doesn't take some genius to point out the very, very obvious rise in home runs. Okay, we can talk about baseball. Sometimes the baseball's flown out of the yard, like a couple years ago. Sometimes it's been dead. All of those things. The uh, the only thing that we can draw to is there's one era in baseball that suddenly produced all these home run hitters. All of them have been linked to steroids, and those are the guys that passed Roger Maris. So there's no real argument there to be made about greenies. 
It's also, please don't do the argument of it wasn't illegal. It was absolutely illegal. It wasn't tested for. Okay. It wasn't tested for. This is, are you speeding? If it says 65, you're going 90 miles an hour, but there's no cop there. Right. And it's, it's on your honor or whatever. Of, of course you're speeding. It's like golf, right? Like they don't, you don't have to, like you got to call your own, got to call your own fouls, if you will, in, in golf. So th- those arguments don't make sense. None. And also don't give me the, well, Barry Bonds would have never tested positive for using steroids. Like, look, he has not denied that he used steroids. By the way, there is no denying that he used steroids. Roger, uh, not Roger, well, Roger Clemens, obviously, but there's Mar- Mark McGuire, of course, came out later and said he used steroids. They all used, I mean, come on, dude. We're not dumb. Like, let's not do dumb arguments. If you want the argument to be they used steroids, they didn't test for it, so what? They're the home run king. Fine. Just don't do the arguments of, well, I don't know if he used steroids. We all do. Right? It was Balco. It's a gigantic investigation. They were giving guys steroids. His own personal trainer, who was, who was a Jew, said, who didn't really have a background in training athletes, th- that guy went to jail so he didn't have to say anything for, for Barry Bonds, right? Went to jail for contempt of court. So as long as you don't insult my intelligence and say that there's no proof they were on steroids or that they used greenies before or that they weren't illegal, if, you, if, that's the, if those are your arguments, you're insulting my intelligence and you're making yourself look unintelligent or you're just lying. Now, if your argument is, hey, I don't care, it's steroids, that's a different argument. Okay, Dan Byer, what do you think? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'll tell you what I think. Okay. Dan's uh, doing some work here. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, th- I thought Dan was offended by the fact that I said you're insulting my intelligence. <laughs> okay. My bad. I agree with, I, I agree with all that. Um, I, I think that the one, the one road that you and I diverge on, I think, is that I think you give the media more of a pass than I did. You give baseball more of a pass than I did, than I do. Um, but yes, and... Everything, because of what you just said, and even Barry Bonds last week, somebody ran into him and asked him about this. And even Barry Bonds, with those quotes, was like, hey, the record's still up there. It's still in the books. And until they're not in the books, it's my record, right? <laughs> it's like, he's basically saying to everybody, yeah, you know I juiced, I juiced, but they're still in the record books. Don't have a problem with me, have a problem with baseball. Um, so there's something there too, right? I mean... Why is that record still in the record books? And why aren't we celebrating this Aaron Judge thing more? Um, it's all compelling stuff. It's interesting, Doug, because was it two weeks ago? You brought up the point on the air that, you know, no one's talking about this. But all of a sudden it gets to today and where it's at now. And now everybody's talking about it. But it's not about whether or not he hits, you know, 62 home runs. It's about back to the steroid thing. Like, is it real? Is it the real home run? That's what everybody's talking about. Not about the fact that he... You know, Aaron Judge is actually hitting the home runs, but but the story behind the actual home run is—is is it the true home run king? Is it not? And that's what's interesting to me—that it's not really about him; it's about the record itself. Well, what what I think you're getting at is the reality is that it's not a victimless crime. I think that's what that's what people want you to believe. Hey, who cares? It's baseball. Why do you care? You watch baseball more when guys hit home runs out of the yard. Like, yes and no, because we were watching, what we were watching was fake. We were watching was chemically enhanced. So when we see the real thing, like Aaron Judge, we don't appreciate it nearly as much. 
it's it wasn't victimless crime. There are hundreds of guys that never made it to the big, so their careers were shortened, or they couldn't break through because older players were playing longer because they were using steroids. There are records that 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 stood that still stand. There are Cy Young awards that have been won. All of these things because of performance enhancers, and they have dramatically changed the way we view. Uh, players' greatness statistically and players' greatness in terms of longevity because what they were doing was phony. was phony. It was chemical enhancement. And I continue to challenge anybody. Tell me somewhere in modern sports where people got caught cheating or just in modern business, you get caught cheating and like, that's okay. You know what? You got us. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Or at least it shouldn't work that way. It does in, in baseball. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.